Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By MinnowsPlus.com. From baits to waiters, if it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Coming up, Jay Fox of the Arkansas State Golf Association. He'll be on the tee first. And then we will have our rules segment with Adam Carney. But a couple of housekeeping notes. The U.S. Open is next week, and one player hoping to get into the field by qualifying did not make it. Ricky Fowler, 32 years of age, got up Tuesday morning to play five holes in Columbus, Ohio, after a rain delay Monday on the par 4 18th, Fowler's chip from the back of the green was nearly one roll short of going into the hole, but it did not. It kept him out of a playoff to get into next week's major by only one shot. Speaking of majors, on the ASGA Amateur Circuit, the ASGA has announced future venues for the state amateur and a format change to the men's and women's championships. The 2021 Men's State Amateur will be held at Pleasant Valley Country Club in August. No change with that. But starting in 2022, the men's and women's state ams will both be held at the same course. And there's going to be a format change. It is a true state amateur. There will be qualifiers for this. You can't qualify based on your player of the year point standings, how you finished the previous year in the state amateur, but a lot more details will come from the Arkansas State Golf Association. And they have announced through 2030 the sites of the state am this year of course pleasant valley country club 2022 hard scrabble in fort smith 2023 chanel country club in little rock 2024 jonesboro country club 2025 country club of little rock 2026 for the first time ever the blessings golf club 2027 the elotion club for the first time ever, will host the Arkansas State Amateur. 2028, Pinnacle Country Club in Rogers. 2029, Texarkana Country Club. And 2030, Hot Springs Country Club. Outstanding job by the Arkansas State Golf Association in selecting these sites and going to more of a traditional state amateur. You can find out more in the Arkansas Golfer. It's the official magazine of the ASGA. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, Jay Fox of the Arkansas State Golf Association will be on the first tee. But before we do that, I need to tell you about Minnows Plus. MinnowsPlus.com is your local source for live bait and live well supplies that carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your cats thriving till you get back to the dock. We're back after this. Stay with us. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. 
Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. On the tee, the executive director of the Arkansas State Golf Association, Jay Fox. Jay, thanks for joining us. Let's go back to when you first picked up a golf club. When was it? Where were you? And what do you remember about it? Trey, I was about five, maybe five years old. My dad uh, was a, we grew up in Ball Knob, and my dad, there wasn't a Ball Knob Country Club at the time, but he was a member of the Searcy Golf Club, which no longer exists. And uh, he would go over and play. When I was about five years old, I kind of got some interest, and he cut down an old five iron for me. And I think they gave me some whiffle balls, and I just tore up the yard. Just took big So he didn't chunks. have to mow it. Well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it was just something I wanted to do. My dad did it, and so I wanted to do it. And then I got to the point where I was old enough, and he would let me go and walk with him and, you know, play with his. Nobody was riding in a cart back then. Everybody had a little bag boy cart with a little seat that folded down, and my dad would hit a shot, and I'd be sitting there on the bag boy cart watching my dad play golf. Well, and back then, you could walk in the summers because you had been outside all summer. The heat and humidity really didn't bother you. You just right. had a couple of swigs of water and you were good. Yeah, and the Searcy Golf Club was a little nine-hole club and, you know, probably the longest hole was 350 yards. You so know, no wonder you were able to play 36 before lunch. <laughs> well, when I actually could play 36 before lunch, there was Bone Up Country Club opened in about 67. So I was about eight by then. Okay. And so we you had a Cushman there. golf cart and my parents, my dad's a founding member. My parents were founding members of the Bone Up Country Club. And so I think my dad might have been mayor at the time and kind of helped get the thing off the ground. And, and so, yeah, we had an old Cushman golf cart and I would go out there and play 18 in the morning and then take a lunch break and maybe swim, you know, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then go back out and play 18 more. You're a member of the UCA Hall of Fame. Right. You're a member of the Arkansas Activities, uh, Arkansas Officials Association Hall of Fame, just like your father. Right. And the ASGA Hall of Fame. Which one is the most important to you? Man, that's that's a that's a tough question. I, they, I would, they weren't going to be easy. No, I know. Probably this one because this is where I've hung my hat for the last 30 years now. I mean, to be inducted in the Arkansas Golf Hall of Fame with the likes of the Stan Lees and the Lewis Lees and the Wynn Norwoods and those guys that I grew up watching and idolizing, you know. I'm not sure I even knew there was an AOA Hall of Fame for a long time. I, went, I remember going to my dad's induction, but that was really never on my radar you know type thing and I, I don't know if I even ever considered myself worthy of being induction into the UCA Sports Hall of Fame I mean those were great track stars and football players and I, and I think I may still be the only golfer in the UCA Hall of Fame Greg Dunseith may have gone in last year or maybe he was supposed to go in last year and then COVID because of COVID canceled yeah. the banquet you you and your father traveled and played a lot of golf three thousand dollars when you were runner-up in Minot North Dakota. Yeah. Take me back to that. 
I turned professional, let's see, I turned professional, I guess, in 84 and tried the mini tours in 85 and 86. And there wasn't really any kind of a, a Ben Hogan tour, a Nike tour, or anything back then. And so you kind of found state opens across the way. And there was this thing up in North Dakota and South Dakota. Gosh, I can't even recall the name of the tour now, but there were six tournaments up through there. And I remember, I think it was in Minot where it was the first or second weekend in August and we had a two-hour frost delay. You know, and I thought, man, it's 100 degrees back <laughs> right. in Arkansas right now, and we had a frost delay. You know, I, I met some really good people along the way. We were in the, at Waterwood National in Huntsville, Texas. I was playing the NGA Mini Tours, and the director of golf at Waterwood National was Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder goes on to be... No way! Goes on to be the head professional at Falcon Point, and then he comes up here in 1990 to become... Country Club. Chan- and I still have a bag tag. I showed it him. I still have a bag tag from Waterwood National, and on it it says Director of Golf Dan Snyder. Wow, to think about where he's been and to where he got to out yeah. west at the Elotion Club. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty neat trek there for him. Obviously, golf has been your life I would for, say, for yeah. the latter part yeah. up until now. Half of my life right now, I've given to this job. And I don't want to say given. I mean, it, it's been a labor of love. I've, I have loved almost every minute of it. Anybody that says they've loved every minute of their job. No, I, 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 there, there, there are some times that, when I feel like you don't love it, like when it's 110 <laughs> degrees and you're out there having to officiate a tournament and you can't wear shorts. Well, that's one of But yesterday was one of those days. It was a it was a 15-hour day, and it wasn't the length of the day it's we sat around for two hours literally and watched a thunderstorm go through where we could do nothing other than keep the players safe and whatever those are the days that maybe you, you but it's an outdoor game it's not a popularity contest i guess i guess so to speak we you know we've tried to do our best to enforce the rules and the policies of the association and you know sometimes um, that creates some ill will you yeah. say you say that that you're still going to be in a role for another three years right. and stuff. What, what's what's next for Jay Fox after that? I'm very lucky, Trey, in that that I I found love a second time. I lost a, a wife to dementia. Everybody that knew me, that watched me, you know, saw Kim with me for 18 or 19 years, and and you know, I found Leah. She lost her husband. Uh, to liver cancer, and we both grew up in Knob. We both knew a lot of the same people. I actually went to school with her sister, and it just sort of kind of evolved. And so we got married last November, and, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely crazy about her, and, and uh, she tolerates me, thank goodness. And so I, I hope we can travel. She's a couple of years younger than me, five years younger than me, maybe almost six. But, uh, uh, maybe. you know, well... <laughs> I know you don't want to give her age out there, but you know exactly. I do. I do. She, I'm 61 right now, and she's yeah. 50, she's okay. 55. So, uh, but we're both about to be 56 and 62. Sure. So anyway, we we want to do some traveling and do some things, and and you know I want to try to get out maybe and play a little bit more golf. Uh, she's very you know says, hey, go play. I'll be home, and she'll say, why don't you go play nine holes? And I'm like, man, I've had a long day. I'm tired. 
hard, you know. But she's not, she's a great wife and she's a great cook and I, I love her dearly. And so I'm very lucky to have found love a second time. One thing that I, I'm going to ask everybody that we have on because they all play golf what's in the bag uh right now i've got a ping g400 driver probably three years old i've got an old callaway x hot three wood that is uh it's probably 12 years old i've got nike victory red speed irons a little bit of a cavity back a little bit offset got a a magic Nike wedge that uh, Kim also got me involved with. And uh, right now, I'm back, I've am gone back to my two-ball putter. I okay. kind of jockeyed around for yep. a while. So occasionally, I'll throw a hybrid. I've got a, I've got a hybrid in there, too. But occasionally, I'll you know take an iron out or do this or that. But I, I'm playing old equipment, but I am going to get – new equipment once I kind of get the, uh, you know, because I think technology's passed me by a little bit. Well, I I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I do remember reading an article where you you said that you didn't really like the infusion of the metal drivers and the cavity backs. Maybe because you were such a purist of the game at the time? Maybe. I mean, I I joke with these kids nowadays, and then I've said this before, you know, hey, you think you're pretty good? Let me get you a 43-inch persimmon driver with a steel shaft that has no flex. No, no flex Yeah, it doesn't feel good. And, and let me get you some 1976 Hogan Director irons that, uh, you know, you might hit a six iron one time, 170. The next time you catch a little heater and it goes 210. Or even or even you know? get them a blotta ball and yeah. see what they do to it. Yeah. See how fast they cut that thing up. Yeah, you know, I kept some blotta balls. I've probably got some balls from the 70s and 80s. I'm just keeping them in a drawer. I'm not ever gonna bring them out, but I'm a, one of these days. I'm gonna say, you think you could have hit this ball? I mean, you know, you remember how we would hit a wedge, and literally the ball would be it'd be toast. You couldn't even use it anymore. Mm-hmm. It would just shave mm-hmm. the cover right off. Your time at the ASGA, you've seen a lot of great players through the years, whether it be junior players, advanced to amateurs, who then turn professional, like a Bryce Mulder, a Ken Duke. You, you spoke about earlier. One guy that I think about has come along and and more of when I was playing more competitively than before is Alex Carpenter. Do you think we'll ever see another year like we saw the year he won player of the year and he, I think, was like 82 or 84 under par combined in the tournaments he played in that year? I don't know. That's a that's a good story. I, I hope we will, and I think Alex would say he hopes we will too. Uh, that was a Alex Carpenter, such a, a a rare find, but it didn't fall in his lap. Man, Alex worked at it. He was a worker. He practiced. I hope we will. I don't know if we will. You know who he beat at the Southern AM that year, don't you? Uh, refresh my memory. He's a tour player right now uh, from California. Starts with P. His first name. Last name starts with a C. His first name is Patrick. Patrick Cantley. Yeah, I do remember that now. I think Alex eagled 17 at Shoal Creek to go one ahead of Patrick. And I think he parred 18 to win it. It's big. You know, have we had anybody else win the Southern from? uh, I don't think we have. I don't think we have either. Okay, I don't want to put you on the spot. Best amateur golfer in the state that you've ever seen. But I am putting you on the spot. (laughs) Probably in the last 30 years, the guy who I've seen hit more quality shots, and I'll take you back to the first quality shot I saw him hit. We were at Maumelle in the State Am, and it was going to come down between him and Ronnie Hutchinson, 
and he hit a driver off the deck on the 15th hole at Maumel from probably 270 yards, maybe even further, and I didn't think there was any way he could get the ball even remotely to the green, and he played my memory of it, Trey, is he played kind of a nice, high, soft cut with a with a driver, you know, off the fairway. And I don't know if he made eagle, but he definitely made birdie, and that was Wes McNulty. And and I'm not sure in the last 30 years if I've seen anybody hit more quality golf shots than Wes. As I said earlier, I don't want to put you on the spot or have you single anybody out, but there has to be a number one when it comes to golf courses in the state of Arkansas. In your mind, there has to be a best. You've seen basically all of them. My, my answer still in my current position would have to be the one that I'm playing that day. That would be my favorite. I, well, you're not I, you playing know, one today, so well, which one is it? You know, it, I don't know. Try, I've, been, I've been fortunate to play the Elotion a few times. I've been fortunate to play the blessings a few times. I've been fortunate to play pinnacle. I've been fortunate to play, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say the best. I don't want to get into a what's the best or what's not. I love places like Texarkana Country mm-hmm. Club. And Pleasant Valley. And Pleasant Valley that are, were carved out of the tree. They weren't built courses i mean i know all courses were built but texture county country club just kind of i just loved going there i grew up i played a lot of mid-south cup matches growing up and i fell in love with texture county country club and with the history and byron nelson being the pro there and that's just one of my favorite play i just it gives me a different feeling when i walk on the grounds at texture county you are retiring at the end of this right year what do you think you'll miss about being here in a daily day-to-day basis well first of all let me say this i'm very lucky in that the board and the executive committee and i have agreed that i will remain on staff for a period of about three years i'm not quite to medicare age yet so i'm going to stay on staff help bryant with some projects maybe you know help him you know do do some course marking or use my expertise in that kind of way. So I'm lucky that I still will have something to do with the association that I dearly love. Yet it's time for me, 30 years, it's, it's time for me to, to, to step aside. And, you know, Bryant's been with me now since 2014, I think. And so it's time for him to step into the role and, and, uh, you know, give him a chance to, uh, to succeed, try to, help him learn some things, you know, along the way. We had the we had the Monk Wade Jr. this weekend at the first tee and Steve Wade came out. Of course the the tournament's named in honor of Monk, who was the executive director from seventy five to ninety and he taught me so many things and Steve was saying things like, you know, boy, you know, it's been fun to watch you kinda do, you know, take the association different places, whatever. And my view's always been Monk got us on the field and I just tried to kind of pick the ball up and move, move it, it forward. move it ten yards yeah. here and ten yards there, and Monk put the association on the map. I was lucky that you know that when I got here in 1991, that you know we were already pretty well respected as a small golf association, and you know I've had I've had great boards and great people to work with. I've had great staffs over the year. I really have. The association has grown. It's seen ups and downs right i would assume that when tiger won the masters in 97 there was an influx of golf around the state and since we've had high gas prices i think it almost got to five dollars a gallon at one time it kind of seemed like the discretionary dollars for golf kind of went down a little bit well 
Tiger put a, a, a boost in the arm. I think there were more course openings for a period for a while after Tiger got on the scene and whatever. And uh, what's the term? Uh, supply exceeded supply and demand. demand. Yeah, yeah. It, it exceeded. It got, we got way too many golf courses built. And then for a while, we were actually closing more golf courses nationally on an annual basis than we were opening. Uh, you know, and so uh, hopefully it's it's kind of flattened back out now, and and uh, you know, but you're right. It's these are recreational dollars, and our board I think does a really good job, and our staff. You know, we're going to meet with David Showery, our boss, on Friday, and we're always trying to figure out a way to make our members and our players' recreational dollars go forward, go further and forward, because you know when I was growing up. There was like four tournaments, you know. My dad would uh, there. I got to play in four tournaments. Now there's, you know, twenty junior tournaments. There's twenty eight adult tournaments, and there's soccer. There's summer baseball. There's all these other options that parents have to choose. You know, I saw a parent this weekend uh, down from uh, kind of North Arkansas, and his son was right in the middle of the tournament. He goes, "Boy, I love coming down here." You know, and doing some of these things, he said, but we're going to spend $700 this weekend staying in hotels and doing whatever. He said, but we're trying to give our son every opportunity to get a college scholarship, which will help him get a degree, which will help him, you know. So those are those have to be concerns. I mean, sure. I asked you the best golf course in the state, <laughs> but now now I'm going to take you best in the country you've ever played. And I think I know where you're going here. It's one of two that I have in my mind. I'm okay. going to see if you name right. th- one of those two. And then best in the world because you've traveled quite a bit. Best in the country that I've ever played, and I was very fortunate to play it in 2000, was Augusta National. Uh, I had that one one. I had Cypress Point two. I, when we played Cypress a couple of Novembers ago, Bryant and I played it with Chad Anderson from Tennessee and Darren Reese from Tennessee. And, and uh, we had a local connection here kind of helped get us on. And, and they had just airified. And so I'd like to go back when it wasn't airified, but it, it's probably the best walk that you'll ever find. I mean, you know, I just love playing Augusta because I'd seen every hole for 50 years watching on TV. But Cypress Point has such a wonderful walk of, you know, you tee off and you're right there by the ocean and then you kind of meander back through the trees and then it come back about nine. It comes back around near the ocean. And then when you leave 14 green and walk across, you know, 17-mile drive to 15, you know, 16 gets a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. 15 might be one of the best short par threes in the world. Yeah, you know, little nine iron par three that's just right on the ocean, just like sixteen is. So that's probably the best walk in the world. And then probably the the place I played my best round was Pine Valley. I shot uh, sixty nine at Pine Valley. Had a great caddy. I was playing really good, and uh, I made. Uh, I had one bogey, and it was a three putt, and I hit almost every green in regulation. Wow. Uh, the dreaded three putt yeah well and then my caddy said we can't get it right of the hole here and i was like i hit it like eight feet right of the hole and he was like this is really fast and i didn't take the really fast and (laughs) you didn't take the really good advice i putted it from eight feet above the hole to about 20 feet below the hole it was really fast that was our third hole and so i 
was after that when he you, said you, when, when he said when he said this here. is really fast. I I took his advice. Right. So uh, I haven't really played a lot across the world. I mean, I, you know, Tracy and Bev and Chris and I and some went to Peru and played in some golf, and I played some golf in Colombia. You know, Trey, one thing. Scotland, that, old course. I've never played the old course, and I'm going to tell you this. Last year, right before COVID hit, I got the greatest letter in the mail that probably I've ever gotten, and it was um, uh, confirming my membership into the RNA. Uh, the Roland Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. I'd been nominated for about 10 years, and it takes a while to kind of go through that process. And there's a lot of executive directors in the states that are members and whatever. And and I think there's maybe only one or two other people from Arkansas that are uh, in the RNA, but I haven't been able to get over there yet because of COVID. They opened it up, I guess, last fall. They have fall meetings in like – September and October where you can pick a week and come over and you can play and you, know, you go to the meetings and all the meetings are coat and tie and everything. And so I haven't been over there yet, but uh, hopefully that's coming soon. Hopefully COVID's going to get out of here and I'm going to get to go over and kind of hang out with some of my friends and no, that'd be awesome. uh, go, go to the RNA clubhouse. And, uh, but that, that was, that's probably the greatest professional honor that I've gotten other than being elected president of that group that I talked about, the International Association of Golf Administrators. So those those are two things that, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of uh, nationally or internationally uh, in my 30 years here with the ASGA. Man, that's awesome. Jay, thanks for the time. Thank you, Trey. I appreciate it. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. Blackman Auctions has an auction coming up on Friday, June the 25th, 235 Rock Creek Road in Hot Springs. It's the Furnace Commercial and Residential Real Estate Auction. You can find more about it on the web at blackmanauctions.com. It's time for our rules segment. Here is PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, I'm playing a hole, and all of a sudden hit a tee shot to the fairway. I hit my second shot. It kind of goes into the rough, around some rocks and stuff. I'm not sure if the ball's cut or not, but mm-hmm. it could be. What's the proper procedure that I should use to check to see if it is cut? And then if it is, what do I have to do? So I'm going to tell you in today's day and age, it ain't cut. <laughs> I mean, it's – Right. You These know, golf this, balls. This is an old rule, but it's still in the rule book, and you have to realize things are in the rule book because they they happened. There is a procedure. You, you do have the opportunity to lift your ball to see if it's been, been cut or cracked. Um, but you may lift the ball 
check it, cannot clean it under those circumstances. And then if the ball is, is damaged, you can replace it with a substitute with another ball or you have to put the ball back if it's not. Now, we're not talking just a little scuff no. from maybe going across a cart path or something like right. that or a rock. It has right. to be cut to where right. there, there is a visible cut right. or Right, so hole. the rules are very specific on that. You know, it, it, it has to be visibly cut or cracked, um, scraped or discolored. Um, are not in and of themselves, you know, um, an opportunity to substitute a golf ball under that rule. You know, and I'm, I don't mean to discredit any golf ball manufacturer, but, you know, there could be an inadequacy in a golf ball in some way, shape, or form where that could happen. I honestly, uh, since we went to a solid core golf ball back in whatever, 2001, two-ish is I think when they became most prevalent, um, I've not seen a situation where a ball got cut or scraped. Actually, I, I do have one. I have one golf ball. I won't name the manufacturer, but it's probably the ball you would guess uh, in, in my desk drawer here that actually is cut. I'm looking at this golf ball. I keep it in here as an example of, hey, this is because, you know, what I don't have any lot of golf balls that I can go cut one so I can show you what sure. it is. But um, And I'd never, I've never seen another ball that was cut. Let me ask you this. You, you talked about breaking into pieces. What if you actually hit a ball and, and just for some odd reason it explodes? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not going to happen in this day and age. But Unless you're doing a gender reveal. But if you're doing exa- a gender exactly. reveal exactly. while you're playing in a tournament, something's wrong. Yeah, right. If I'm doing a gender reveal, we got real problems. So, yeah, yeah. under those circumstances, the ball breaks into pieces. Um, you know what you're going to do is is you're going to go back to where you played the stroke and substitute a ball. At no that penalty. Point. No penalty. No. He is Adam Carney. Um, he's with us every week right here on From the Short Grass. If you've got a rules question, email us from the short grass at gmail.com. That'll do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. We appreciate Jay Fox and Adam Carney as always. I'll leave you with this quote from Sam Sneed: "Forget your opponents. Always play against par." Remember, to repair your ball marks and a couple of others when you're on the greens, that makes it better for everybody. And I hope to see you from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. From the Short Grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman Auctions. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.